Hello, Scotty. Hello, Mr. Fox. We have to be merciful to our listener um, this week because I do have a... I'm late because I jumped from one meeting and I have another one at 10.30. So um, far be it from me to, to cause a cascade of failures. A cascade of failures. That sounds quite technical, really. Is that something you get in Java? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> now that people seem quite taken with the fact that you are Java John. I'm not taking the bait. <laughs> you're not. Okay, John, convince us that you're not Java John by telling us something you've been doing that's not Java this week. I, you know, nothing is nothing is so not Java as Objective-C is. How about that? <laughs> I was doing some some bug fixing uh, this week, more design and tech debt, and, and I have a, a kind of semi-silly uh, tale of woe, which I can share with you should you wish to hear it. We love semi-silly tales of woe on this show. Well, so um, uh, it, one of the one of the design debt requests was that we have consistency with 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 headers because we use them in a lot of different places, and I and that was great. I think I talked about like how you know the the most important place we have headers is 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 in the Lolomo, the list of list of movies, since it's not obvious what that means. Um, uh, and uh, but there are a bunch of other places, and they said let's let's be consistent about it, and so they had this design document. And it said in the old style, it had this typeface, this color, and a character spacing of point, you know, 0.5. And so I figured, I said, but, you know, I said, okay. And then we want it to be a different typeface, a different size, different face, and then a type spacing, you know, a character spacing of zero. And I said, I know what that is. I know what kerning is. I grew up in the era of desktop publishing and learned a bit, a little bit about typography. No problem. I'm sure we can make just hap- make that happen with an attributed string. And indeed you can. But since we use a, a, a UI label subclass all over our application for a lot of different reasons, I said, this is a perfect thing. I'll just add a, you know, a, a kerning property with a setter. And then when you have the setter, it will just rewrite the, take the existing string get it well get the attributed string that's there the attributed text that's been that's generated for you even if you even if you don't ever set it there's one that's behind the scenes made for you and it's very easy to add that attribute and i go do this and i'm so proud of myself and i'm testing it you know using you know strong values and negative and positive direction to really spread out the size and and uh you know and then make it very tight and i'm i'm convinced that it works great and then i set it to the the required value of zero and i'm all happy with myself and then i i i it occurred to me that maybe i should read the the docs on on it and as it turns out (laughs) that setting it to a value of zero means that you don't override the settings and it just uses the the pair kerning that's built into the the typeface which is really what you want i mean only for certain effects you really want to you know make it super tight for for stylistic purposes but in an app it's kind of i don't think you would ever really want to have it too tight nor would you necessarily want it really too loose in just it's just not good form and so i thought to myself well that was dumb i went to the trouble of adding this category method or you know this method in our subclass um, and it will probably never get used or may one day get used. But I was like, I put it in there and, and it worked. So I, I left it in there. But then I talked to the designer. I said, just so you know, you know, we never implemented the 0.5 because it's not a, you know, it's not a, a brain dead obvious thing to do. You have to go through some work to be able to override the, you know, the, the kerning for, for type that's set in the label. And he goes, oh, yeah, no, I mean, we, we never wanted any kerning anywhere. That was a contractor who who kind of... Um, 
you know, said that we should have those values everywhere. And, and I've just taken the opportunity to to, 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 to set the truth straight that we don't want any overrides for. So, so does that prove, <laughs> does that prove that it proves many things? One is that I'm dumb. Um, but, uh, I think that, th that since I was mentioning classes that are, but a dream to, to, to Java folk, um, that I, I, I no longer can be called that. Uh, I think that that, very thing proves many many things now of course as a contractor the first thing that proves to me is it's always good to blame the contractor it's if something is is absolutely screwed up in your in your app then blame a contractor who has since left that is yeah. always mm -hmm. the way to do it now of course git blame can take some of that away but of course no one's ever going to go look at the git blame because once you've blamed the contractor who's left, why would you ever go and prove that it wasn't? Because once you've, once the designer or the developers and everyone has said, yeah, the contractor who's left has done that, you know, no one ever needs to know any different. It becomes real. It becomes something that is indisputed. So there we are. I, I, I dread to think how many how many systems are out there uh, have got bad bits in or or have, are crashing in parts of the code that I have never touched, but I am getting the blame for because I was once a contractor on the system. Yeah. Well, I think in, in defense here, I don't know that that, you know, in in these documents that, that the these kind of style guides that were created, I doubt that they were ever in any uh, source control repository of any kind. OK, that's that's fair enough. Even easier to blame the contractor than because no one could ever prove you wrong now. Exactly. So that's that's why designers are smarter than we are. So blame the contractor and delete the git history. That's what you yes, need to say. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you were talking about overriding there. I've been uh, on um, as a contractor working for one of our clients. Um, we have uh, an app that has a lot of NS text views in it, and the text view is uh, a custom text view. Uh, for loads of reasons, it has to be, and, and I'm not going to go in there because I can't really speak about the app. But there is one of these. Uh, yeah, it, it's reached one of these points now where. You, you, when you start over uh, subclassing something and creating your own, you know, my custom text view, which inherits menace text view, and then you start intercepting certain things, and then you realize, ah, if I intercept that, I'm now blocking this functionality, so I need to replace that functionality. There comes a point when effectively your subclass is re implementing the entire base class that it's supposed <laughs> yes. to. Yes. <laughs> supposed to do it. Uh, and maybe ten percent of the functionality is left in the in the in the base class, but you can't remember which ten percent that was, so you can't work away and do it anywhere else. So yeah, I have been um, I've been having a few days where it's uh, okay. This functionality is not quite working, but that's oh wait a minute, our base our um, custom class no longer allows those messages to flow through to the base because we don't want other things to happen. Therefore, it's not responding in this way. And so you just start writing code upon code upon code. And, and it's and I'm not saying there is a, a valid alternative. Sometimes you've just got to do it. But it's uh, all I can say is the first time you, you write the, those words, my custom class, colon, whatever the base class is, you just think how, how much of that are you prepared to write in the future? Because when you write it for that first method you want to override, everything seems really easy and this is the right way to go. <laughs> and I think this is why um, Coco, your app kit and um, UI kit are great because the whole concept of delegation uh, pushes you a little bit away from 
uh, we spoke about this last week, uh, subclassing, which means hopefully you only really end up in this position when you really have to. Yeah, I was about to say, this children is why object orientation is the devil and you should run far away from it, <laughs> says the man who's devoted his life to that. Says Java John, yes. <laughs> So, so yeah, so that's uh, uh, yeah, that's interesting, and it's um, it's hard to work out. So, so uh, for, for contracting work, I have been dealing with um, obscurities in mainly spell checking, actually, in um, and, and things I'd broken or our sub our child class are broken in spell checking. Whereas in um, money world world, this week we have had the joy of dealing with multi currency. Oh my word! Is multi-currency difficult, or is it not difficult? It's very difficult, and and you're 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 suffering this world of hurt for the one person who 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 trades in dirham or something. Well, the, the trouble is, see, the, the money well. Okay, how do we say this properly? Let, let's just say as it is, uh, money well as it used to exist allowed massive flexibility for multi-currency. Uh, so for example, the whole point of money, well, is it's a budgeting app. So it's about, it's not about, although you need to record what you've spent, the, the concept of the app is more about planning what you're going to allow yourself to spend. So you effectively end up with three, three main things in your, um, uh, in your application, you have your budget, um, which is, you know, the amounts that you can spend, you have, uh, your accounts, which is like your bank accounts or your credit cards from where the money is coming. And then obviously transactions, which represent, you know, I spent this much from this account and it's been allocated to this part of the budget. Now, because of the flexible way that um, MoneyWell was originally set up, uh, you could, for example, uh, have your bank account in euros. You could buy something in dollars and assign it to a budget that was in, you know, Scandinavian scrotes or whatever they are, um, and the, the, the three things there, uh, and yeah, that's. By the way, your new name is Scrody Steve. Scrody Steve, that's fine. If we get some emails on it, we'll stick with it. Uh, um, uh, but of course, yo, know, and that's sort of okay. But then, well, what if you change, decide that you wanted it to go to a different, um budget and you change it and you change it to a budget that was in a different currency or for an account that was a different currency um those have a whole bunch of implications about historically changing transactions but then the main area is in reporting when you're trying to show people what their net worth is or how they're doing on their budget currency causes a massive issue Uh, and the reality is don't tell anyone john but a lot of the reports in the old money will just don't work if you're using lots of different currencies in different places the values are wrong um so, I mean, obviously, our, our gut feeling right now is simplify this, you know, um, you know, accept transactions in any currency, allow banks to be in a currency, but say your budget has to be in one currency, because how, other, how else can you manage your currency if it's a budget if it's not in a single currency with a single, a single overall value on things? Um, and we can make all that work um, yeah, going forward. But what about going back? We have no idea how many of our current users because of a lack of analytics are using multiple currency now i suspect 99 percent of our users are doing everything in a single currency and they may occasionally 
like someone like me who would be doing things in pounds, I might occasionally buy something on the internet in dollars, but my budget is all in pounds. And my bank accounts are all in pounds. And uh, a vast number of our users are in the US, so probably everything is in dollars because, let's face it, most Americans don't even realize there is another currency. So it's um, uh, in there. So trying to decide how to do this sensibly without knowing really how many people we're going to totally piss off if we take away some of this flexibility. And the answer is might be like one. <laughs> we don't know. So there we are. So that's been our dilemma this week. Um, it's, it's trying to work out how we're doing that in Simplify and things and, uh, and, and trying to work this stuff out. So we are going to try and work out if we, if we have a way using our current analytics or by some new analytics of who is using money well with lots of different currencies to try and get a better grasp of that. But, um, yeah, this stuff is hard. Indeed it is. And that, you have to add into and, all that. And then you're dealing with money, which is really hard to deal with because of rounding and, and everything. You know, we decided that the way the old money well was doing it was okay, but it was a little bit inflexible, so we're doing it in a new way. And, of course, in sync. Now, we're having to keep all of this lot in sync between two different systems. Well, <laughs> so it's like someone just shoot us in the head right now. Well, dare I ask this 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 awful question? You'll hate me for asking it, but... Is this a widely used feature? I mean, especially given that it's, it's uh, you know, when you said don't tell anybody, it's not correct. It's not that, that there was a fault of programming. It is, it is pretty much an insolvable situation. You're always going to make some level of compromise. Um, and my God, I mean, how many, how many quarterly reports of global corporate... Yeah, I think I think we want to stick with multi-currency because um, it is a a lot of low personal apps. Don't, and if you are in somewhere, if you are in Europe um, or, or UK, for example, actually dealing with a couple of different currencies is not necessarily that unusual. Uh, but I think we are looking to, um, we will probably look to say, but yes, but your budget needs to be in one currency. Pick a currency and do your budgeting in one currency. Um, will allow you to have transactions in other currencies. They'll get translated at the time into a different into your local currency budget value when you're spending your budget. Um, so the question is, how do we just say if you're currently a person whose um, budgets we can't translate because they're in too many currencies? Do we just lose you? Do we try and bring you across? And how we deal with that? Um, it sounds like you've started like cooking something or doing some home home decorating or um, uh, I don't know what you're doing. You're changing batteries in your microphone, aren't you? <laughs> what are you doing? How did I guess? Because it sounds like there's a herd of elephants going through my ear. <laughs> yeah, when I changed batteries a few weeks ago, I was being really subtle. <laughs> the, only, the only downside is, because your microphone isn't running, no one's going to hear this, and I'm, it's like, it's like, so tell me, John, how much of how much of the conversation have we lost? I don't know what you're talking about. We haven't lost anything because you are so <laughs> conveniently long-winded. That... <laughs> well, that's good. That's one all on that. <laughs> I, this is for the first time in history. I waffled on long enough to allow John to do. But it's not only it's not only fact that I impressed you did a battery change. I'm impressed that you noticed you'd run out of battery because <laughs> normally you don't notice till we finish. <laughs> Are we recording again now? We, uh, we I st- again, I have no idea what you're talking about. We've still been recording. <laughs> I've got three bars and the numbers are going up. So and now, now, Scotty, since you've been talking for so long and it's 1021. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> well, I, I, am, I am interested now in your um, in-depth analysis of what I was saying. Uh, <laughs> you have no idea what I was saying at all. No, I have, I have absolutely every idea of what you were saying. You were talking about why you decided to, to make this bad choice, to continue making a bad choice. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be hard, I think, yeah. Like there, there's that thing, isn't it? I mean, we are in a position that we have taken over this software. Uh, we've owned it for a little while now, but we've not made any major releases. And it's a piece of software that was, um, it, it passed its heyday. So, I mean, it has a, you know, it, it has quite a lot of users, but not, nothing like the number of users it needs to be commercially successful and uh, nothing like the number of users it used to have uh, before it went into decline but still a reasonable number of of users and there is always that problem of we are uh, you know we when you had this discussion when we took it over a long time ago how much you know our, our current belief is that when we bring out the new version of moneywell and we restore certain features and add new features it's going to be it's going to be that user base who have obviously who obviously love this application to have stayed around so long when it was receiving no love at all, who are going to be our champions and in, in, in tell everybody about this this app because they obviously love this app, otherwise they would have gone somewhere else. Uh, but in sometimes that that knowing that you know these are people who are massively dedicated to the app makes it quite difficult to make certain choices about not doing certain things that it's always done, even though you don't think it's really that good an idea that it does it anymore. Quite quite hard. It is. And I, I definitely see your point about trying to, to take care of the people who, who, you know, you know, made the app what it is today, but still kind of thinking that if the time you're spending on this is time you can't spend on other things. But, you know, since there are, you have lots of competition for, for financial management software, you kind of have to, you know, figure out, who you're going to serve, and that's 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 why building a product is much more difficult, you know, in the business decisions, the design decisions, and the coding decisions. Well, one of the advantages we have, and one of the reasons that we were prepared to take Moneywell on in in the first place, is the financial management, personal financial management market is enormous, and there is there is room for you to be very opinionated in it because, you know, even if you even if you um, end up making decisions that will only satisfy a very small percentage of the market, that small percentage is still massive compared to many markets. Um, and it is a way that... Uh, uh, the, and the fact that there are quite, there is quite a lot of competition uh, and that competition is reasonably healthy to us is a good sign, not a bad sign, um, that this is uh, uh, worth doing. So we're not trying to be that specific, but there are certain things we're, we're looking to do anyway. We will we will get there in the end. One day we will be sat there and we'll say, John, the latest version of Manuel is out. I'm now sat on my 80-foot yacht with the staff serving me my pina colada because it did so well. I am going to hold on to that image in my mind. <laughs> or I could be saying, John, we released Manuel. I'm now picking up my social security check and... <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and it's been denominated in Scandinavian scrotes. And, and my budgeting software tells me I can't afford anything. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> that. That my best option is just to jump off a bridge. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Don't go that far. <laughs> Although the highest bridge in Tepri is probably about six foot. So <laughs> just probably enough to make fine. you a burden on the local healthcare system. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
That's it. That's it. So, John, it's uh, it's the end of May, and um, next next month is WWDC month. We've still not heard much about uh, what's going on, but are you getting excited? You know, I, I guess I suppose I am because I, I I am you know of course interested to see what happens with Swift UI and and how all problems in the universe that anyone could ask about have been done. And just because we're a year later, we're that much closer to being able to ship it. Um, so and and who knows what other great things? I mean, you know, there's they they acquired a VR company. You know, there's there's lots of of understanding that that Apple's doing all sorts of interesting things. And who's to say that we're not going to you know be you know pleasantly surprised, maybe even shocked at how cool the announcements are are going to be in in a place where we're not all physically there. I mean, wouldn't that be glorious? Who knows what what Apple may have up their sleeve, or it could be just kind of like you know. Um, you know, a slight progression, but well, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm looking for them to delight and amaze us. Well, I think, I think last year was a strange year because, um, it's, it's, it's highs and lows because basically, I think Swift UI, even for people who are not using it, um, has been a massive success. Everyone is looking forward to using it. Everybody wants it to succeed. Everyone, everyone is saying, "I'll use it when." It's not like, "Oh, I'm never going to use that." It's, I think, yeah, the whole, not the whole, yeah. Obviously, there are a few exceptions, but on the whole, the community is is embracing and looking forward to Swift UI. However, on the opposite side of things, I think you know Catalina and iOS 13 have been, you know, I, I think this probably. I'm not going to say the worst because I, that, that I can't. I have no evidence to say that. But I think, as far as developers moaning about, it, and still, you know, we're we're now in May, so almost you know, what's that? Ten months after uh, the full release, and um, people are still saying, "Oh, this stuff just doesn't work very well." So I, you know, and that's a real a, a real low. So I think you know um, that that combination between people saying, "Yeah, give us some more Swift UI goodies," and yeah, actually, do you know what? We just we just be happy if you just gave us some stability this year, and and there's a bit of tension there, I think. Mm. Well, we'll see how that plays out. I I coined a new phrase yesterday because I didn't want to say shit show on air, so I replaced it with fecal opera, and I I will I will not say that. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. I won't say that iOS 13 is that. It's not. I think that it definitely has earned its its you know numerical namesake. You know, 13 is not a very lucky number number in many cultures. So um, there there have been problems. I mean, I, I was bitten by the by the your app is not no longer shared. I was like, what the hell was that? And like, I was about to kill my son. It's like, how is it that you have revoked access to next door where I get to you know look at conflict porn among neighbors? Um, you know, how dare you? And it had nothing to do with him, you know, so they had to ship the fix for that. And then you did that. And I upgraded my device to 13.5. And then I realized that I couldn't compile, I couldn't, you know, install the app. And it had this cryptic message, which is not the usual one. When there's a mismatch in APIs between Xcode and the device you're building to, they're pretty specific about it. This time they just had this generic error. And I tried it three times and I was like, so used to, to restarting my phone because of, of, of other issues that are whatever this is the joy of xcode um but it was it was just that i needed the current version of xcode whatever 13.5 which was released at that time six days ago which stretches all the way back before the holiday week so i i didn't feel too terrible but i i did feel annoyed we have we have now 30 seconds to 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 bring this baby home yeah 
You better tell people where they can get hold of you, John, uh, before you go off and ensure the world maintains its uh, streaming entertainment. Yes. Well, I would say that if you want to find me, find me in the in the place where now we have fact-checked discourse, <laughs> and that's Twitter, and where I'm Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And and if Scott, if people want to remind you of what a a, a, a great idea it is to maintain to make the world safe again for multi-currency financial <laughs> multi-currencies. <laughs> multi-curses, multi-curses financial planning. Where might they do that? They can do that on Twitter as Mac Devnet. We really do need to let you go, John, and I'm sure our, our listener will appreciate being let off early. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Every, yeah, it is still one. Everyone for listening. <laughs> Until next time, you take care. Thank you.